Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today's topic is Jesus will turn to Israel. When the time of the Gentiles has been fulfilled, then Jesus will turn to Israel to try to get as many people as saved as possibly. And that's probably when the tribulation starts. Now, if the tribulation started, then that would mean that God's attention has already moved from the Gentiles over to the Jews. You remember in the when he opened the third seal, and I heard uh, the third beast say, Come and see. And behold, a black horse he set upon had a pair of balance in his hand. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And I cannot tell you how long I have sought for and prayed for for the answer to that. Now, through many years of fasting and praying and researching, what I think that saying is, a measure of wheat for a penny, the wheat represents the Gentiles, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. When it says three, uh, three a uh, measure of wheat for a penny, it's saying that one part Gentiles will come in during the tribulation, and three parts means three times more uh, Jews will come in during the seven-year tribulation. See thou hurt not the oil and the wine. The oil, I believe, is talking about those people that have their lamps full of oil. In other words, they've asked Jesus into the heart. And then, uh, see, and I hit the oil and the wine, and where it says the wine is talking about, these are, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. What are these people? Are they, are they drunken? No. It says they're filled with the Holy Ghost. So, it's saying that those people that are either saved or saved and filled with the Holy Spirit are not going to be touched. At least that's what I wanted to say. Now, let's go on. We're talking today about how Jesus will turn back to Israel. Demetri Dudeman, August 1991. I was in a valley with mountains around it, and someone yelled at me, this is a dream. Run and hide. Rain is coming. And I thought, well, I'm not afraid of the rain. I looked around, and I could, see, could not see anyone. Then I heard peals of thunder, and a bolt of lightning passed right by me. Out of it came two beings. So the dream turned into an angel visit. Two beings, they asked if I was afraid, and I said, yes. They asked if I knew who they were, and I said, no. They said, we are heavenly beings. Their clothes were white as snow. They had eyes that were penetrating. There was a light in them so bright I could hardly look at them. Their hair was white as wool, and it was long going down their backs. One of them had a book, and the other had an inkwell attached to his belt, and a large pen in his hand. There was an eraser on one end. The one with the pen said, I was sent to complete the book of the Gentiles. Do you want to see your names? I looked and I saw all the names of my family were written there, and they were circled. I asked why they were circled. He said, the devil doesn't like what you do and fights powerful against all that you do. So I've circled your name so that I give you extra protection. Lord, protect me, my family, and those people listening, supporting, and prophecy, uh, prophecy club, too, in Jesus' name. He opened the back of the book, and I counted out four remaining blank pages at the end. When these are filled, he said, the book of Gentiles will be complete. Then I will return to my people. Now, that's a key. That's a big point I'm trying to make. Then I will return to my people. In other words, before the tribulation starts, for some 2,000 years, Jesus' primary attention was he had turned to the Gentiles. But when or if the tribulation started, at what point the tribulation starts, 
his attention is then going to turn to the Jews, and I think that's probably when massive amounts of oil would be found in Israel, but that's all God's hand. Then I'll return to my people. So the names that are listed here, some of the names here that will be listed here will be erased. Let me say it again. Some of the names that are listed here will be erased. I will erase the names of those who have mocked God and tested the spirit of grace. I will replace them with other names. Now, what's he saying? He's saying that even though you've asked Jesus in your heart, if you walk off and you walk with the devil and you sin a whole lot, there's some point in there where he will erase your name from the book of life. We don't like to hear that, but uh, I can show you scriptures for that. Let's go on, though. I started to ask what the four pages meant, but before I could ask the meaning, he thrust the pen into his inkwell, as though slipping a sword into a scabbard. As he did, there was much tremendous thunder and lightning that I fell down. Then I awoke. Then let's go to Clouds in the Skies, given to Dimitri Dudeman back in 1991. After I prayed, I went to sleep, and while I was sleeping, I dreamed that someone was telling me, rain is coming. I looked around, but I saw no one, but suddenly there was thunder and lightning and a red cloud appeared. Now, the red cloud is probably talking about communism. In its midst were the hammer and sickle of communism. On the other side was under the cloud with no unusual colors. Suddenly, an intensely bright star appeared out of the cloud. Then the red cloud began to surround the cloud with a star. I think the cloud with a star represents America and tried to capture it. Immediately, a white cloud appeared, bursting forth with great thunder and lightning. When it appeared, the red cloud was dismembered. I believe that's the return of Jesus. Then two men appeared, would be angels. Then two men appeared out of the white cloud. One had a face like the sun. It was so bright, I could not look at it. The other had a humble face and had a book in his hand. He opened the book and said, Look. He began to count the blank pages of the book. There were only three and a quarter empty pages. Then he said, it won't be long. Be prepared. When these pages are filled, the grace will leave the Gentiles. Remember the Bible says Jerusalem will be trodden down to the Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So do we have Gentiles in Jerusalem? Uh, Yes, we do. So that's, you could say, another reason why the tribulation probably has not started, but we will see. Let's go on. Draw closer to me now more than ever, and be holy, because hard times are coming. Then the man with the book said, Look to the right. When I looked to the right, I saw a beautiful garden filled with all kinds of flowers, but I had never seen any of these kinds before. Then I woke up. Now, what's the point here? The point is that there is a time. I I hope you hear this. There's a time when the Holy Spirit drawing people to Jesus among the Gentiles is going to move that pull, that pull in their heart, over to the Jews. Again, a measure of wheat for a penny, that's one measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, that's probably saying that three times the Jews get saved during the tribulation as opposed to the Gentiles. The point is, What if it's saying that it's a whole lot harder for a Gentile to get saved once the tribulation starts? Well, aside from whether it started or not, that's not the point. The point is, the point is, if you have sons or daughters, if you have brothers and sisters, co-workers, friends, 
if you know people that are not saved, and in America we all do, don't think that when the trouble hits, they're going to get saved. Don't think that, oh, well, they'll finally come to Jesus. What this is really saying here is time's running out. It may be, if the tribulation has started, that the Holy Spirit has already turned from their heart. That would mean that it's even more difficult for them to get saved. Now, it's not saying that they can't get saved. I mean, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny is saying that they're still getting saved. There's going to be a lot of people saved during the tribulation, but here's the scary part. What if it's saying that it's more difficult for them? In other words, the pull on their heart is not as strong. My point is, if you have friends, neighbors, relatives, church friends, work friends, business friends that have not accepted Jesus, and you want them to, you better get after it. From Byron Surley, he said, My son, war is now upon the world, and my judgments are set to commence. Another place, he said that he believed that the tribulation had started, as does Terry Bennett and says, does uh, Vicky Goforth Parnell. Your time of grace, or parole, as your world would refer to it, is now revoked and over. Is that saying that the tribulation has started? She, in other places, says it definitely has. The seven thunders will now begin, which we now know says release the giants. War will no longer be contained to one area, but the spreading of it shall progress like a disease, a blight upon the earth itself. And we are seeing that. Now let's jump to Dana Coverstone. 2021. The dream starts with the room darkened and the screen revealed running taglines saying things like, avoid the unvaccinated. These people are dangerous. Please inform authorities of all sightings. In other words, they're asking all of those vaccinated ones to report and find those that are not. All of the people that are not going along with the New World Order, all the people that are not going along with the beast, they're asking them to be reported. Then the screen showed a group of about eight people running along a ditch near Cornfield. By the way, this is probably me and you. I'm talking about the church. A ditch near a cornfield that had not been harvested yet. They carried backpacks and several large brown tarps. The sun was setting. They had two scouts closely watching ahead of them and two scouts behind them. When lights appeared on the road in either direction, they quickly ran into the field about 30 feet in and covered themselves with a tarp and laid extremely still. Why do they cover themselves with the tarp? It's not because they're cold. It's because this car coming down the road had heat-seeking material on it, and it was seeking out people by infrared. In other words, if just hiding out among the bush, they would see you easily. So they had to cover up with the tarp so it would not see their body heat. No movements. And no noise was made until the vehicle was well by them. It was a coordinated effort among the people, including children and dogs. As the threat passed, the people emerged. They ran straight ahead until they came to a T in the road. Scouts on the other side of the road, near a railroad track, flashlights telling them it was clear to cross. This is a world that probably is just around the corner. It used to be over the horizon, but now it's at the end of the block. 
Railroad track flashlights telling them it was clear to cross. They all ran quickly. Once they reached the ditch, a light blinked from the window of the garage of a home. By now it was dark, so the scouts started quietly moving in a few people at a time. They had to lay flat as the ground as possible. The group crawled through the window, and just as it closed, here it is, here it is, helicopters with searchlights searched the area they just left. So they're not just being hunted from cars driving down the road with heat-seeking infrared detectors. They're also being searched out by satellite, and the helicopters were just sent there to verify and to detain, arrest, okay? So avoiding the mark of the beast is going to be more difficult than you and I can possibly imagine. The group crawled through the window just as it closed. Helicopters with searchlights searched the area they just left. The scene changed. Changed to an EMS alert, the signal blaring loud with a reporter saying, Martial law has been declared. Anyone caught outside after 7 p.m. would be arrested and taken to the local, I can't say that word, authority bureau for processing and fined up to $10,000. Then the reporter kept saying, if you see something, say something. Try to imagine that. We've heard that before. You see something, say something. Safeguard your community from dangerous assailants. Do your country proud and turn them in. Who are they after? They're after people that have read Revelation 13. They're after people that know about the mark of the beast, that have Jesus in their heart, and they're determined not to take the mark. The scene changed back to the people being hogtied and thrown in the back of a cattle truck and hauled off. I'm going to read that again. The screen changed back to people being hogtied, thrown in the back of the cattle trucks, and hauled off. Now, let me take a second. I want to believe that I'm strong enough to where if those kind of things were to happen to me, I would stick with Jesus. You want to believe that. But I think that we all need to We need to get on our knees, probably on our face, and say, Lord, watch ye therefore and pray always that you might be accounted worthy to escape these things and to stand before the Son of Man. By the way, it's not talking about escaping being hogtied and thrown to the back of cattle trucks. That escaping is talking about escaping from the morning star, from when Jesus returns with the breath of his nostrils and he brandishes his sword and that is the lightsaber that hits the earth and cleanses it of all sin. In other words, you make it through the burning, you are able to stand, stand before the Son of Man. The people inside were yelling and screaming at the handlers. The handlers were all well-armed. They used electric shock cattle prods to shock the people to back up. The screen went blank, and the man I see often walked in, and he said, I take it you are the specialist. You are right, and I will explain what you have seen if you would like to understand. I simply said, please. And he began. You are seeing the present future. The present future. Meaning this is where the world is about to go. You're seeing the present future and the coming conservative purge. I'm going to read those words again. You are seeing the present future and the coming conservative purge. If you have not watched some of the Purge movies, and I think there's at least three of them out there, probably more. I recommend you go watch one of them. 
because this is not a time, as they say in the movie, where for one evening you can kill anybody you want to kill. It is a picture of them rounding up Christians. And I knew that from the very first time I saw the first one years ago. Go watch The Purge. And there's several versions of it. Any one of them will do. But I want you to understand, this is a world that is coming to a neighborhood near us. The Antichrist spirit is here. Now, he did not say the Antichrist is here. The Antichrist has been here for a long time. The Antichrist spirit has been here for a long time, back in the days of Paul. The Antichrist spirit is here. And yet they began to make the purchase to deceive the world with healing blood that that will mock the blood of Christ. This blood is not as my blood and will never heal or forgive or restore. Now, my guess is they're going to come out with the blood, an injection, and they're going to say, if you take this injection, then it will give you eternal life. I've been saying this for years, at least at least 15 years, probably 20. I have to look it up. I made a whole DVD on it. And there's going to offer you eternal life. Remember the scripture says, and in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. And they shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the way it's worded, it's not saying a very select elite have this. It's saying most people on the earth at this point have had their DNA changed, or they're going to say, get your DNA corrected, so that you no longer age. Not only that, but it'll reverse aging back to approximately the age of 30. And we're not even talking about med beds. We're talking about an injection. This blood, the injection, is not as my blood and will never heal or forgive or restore. But they must make appear to have the power even if it's empty. In other words, the devil for thousands of years has not liked the fact that Jesus can offer them eternal life. So he is going to offer them through his blood, I'm talking about the devil's blood, an injection that corrects their DNA, that's what he'll say, but actually it corrupts the DNA, and if your DNA has changed, matter of fact, he told me, do not get in a med bed. But I'm also going to say, do not take that, I, I shouldn't even say that word again, do not take that blood. If you do, changes your DNA, and you will not get into heaven. This blood is not as my blood, and will never heal or forgive or restore. But they must make it appear to have power, even if it's empty. Yet many will claim and empty their will to declare its worthless virtue. You must stay braced. Every believer is about to have their bracing revealed and the foundation uncovered. As the specialist, I warn you to take the salve for your eyes, meaning the blood of Jesus. Stop coating your life with wine, meaning sin, and stay fully sober as the day has arrived for the testing of your life. Now that is kind of hinting that the tribulation has started, but he didn't say the tribulation started. He then touched my forehead, leaving an ashen mark with his fingerprint in it. Then he reached into his left jacket pocket with his right hand and took out a small white cloth and wiped it off and said, I am marking those who are mine, and I will walk beside them in the fire, even though some of you here in this country will meet me soon on the other side. Vicky Parnell and I think also Byron Surley both have said that. And they're saying apparently a whole lot of Americans 
are about to die. Now, how could they die? Well, we got suitcase nukes that could kill a bunch. Then if the meteor hits down near Moner Island, sends in a tsunami 200 foot tall down the eastern seaboard, opens up the Great Lakes all the way down into the Gulf of Mexico, and large parts of California all the way up into Alaska fall in the ocean, do you think that'd do it? I'll read it again. I'm marking those who are mine, and I'll walk beside them in the fire, even though some of you here in this country will meet me soon on the other side. He grabbed my hand and squeezed until he could feel goodness and virtue coming into my body. Then he said, Be, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The room went black, and I woke shaking and crying and wept for about ten minutes as I gathered myself. Now let's jump to Daisy Osborne. 2015. She's now with the Lord, and this is her deathbed visitation of the Lord. I lay sleepless and horrified, greatly vexed in the spirit. The Lord visited and showed me things that will shortly come to pass. The judgment and the wrath of God will soon bring disaster and havoc to the world we live in. The die is cast. God's clock is set. Time is running out. Now, this is 2015. So now, some seven years later, has the clock run out, and are we now in the tribulation? In a vision, I saw the face of the earth and changing of the shape of America. It was drastically altered and reduced in size through the terrible disasters. Could that be the meteor striking down Mona, near Mona Island, near Puerto Rico, sending a tsunami up the eastern seaboard, opening the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, and California, most of California fall into the ocean? Would that qualify? I think so. It was drastically altered and reduced in size through the terrible disasters. Hunger and suffering were everywhere. The devastation caused by volcanic eruptions and fires were widespread and horrifying during this terrible holocaust. It didn't say anything about a meteor, meteor, but you know a meteor hitting would cause all kinds of volcanic eruptions. Besides that, the Bible does say, Matthew 24, that there should be earthquakes in diverse places or various places. I saw Christians clustering together from all walks of life and many church affiliations. They didn't care about their sectarian doctrines. The tie that bound them in their desperate hour was their common faith in Christ. They clung together as though their survival depended upon each other. After these terrifying cataclysmic events which the Lord showed me, all the evils of sectarianism and apostasy vanished among the Christians, desperate struggling to draw strength one from another. Those who had been lukewarm cast aside besetting sins and sought identity with the true believers. Cigarettes, pills, social drinkers, marital cheaters, were repented of, and amends were made. A new sense of values gripped the conscience of believers. The new morality standard and modern license for laxity was like a remorseful hangover. Most of the Christians in the visitation, now listen to this carefully, pre-tribbers, were amazed that we, quote, were experiencing, unquote, and we were witnessing his wrath and judgment. I'll read that again. So, those of you still believe in a pre-trib rapture, most of the Christians in the visitation were amazed that we were still here. What it's saying. They were amazed that they hadn't been raptured out. Many social Christians were ill-prepared. Their frivolous, unwatchful, imprudent lives had gambled on mercy and grace when they had thought required no reckoning ever. 
So, as I put in my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, I help people understand there's not going to be a time, ever, 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 that Jesus returns in the clouds and sucks you off the earth so that you don't have to go through any testing. There is a time we get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb about four months before Jesus returns at the very end, but, in my opinion, by that time, most Christians are already dead. They've all been tested. I saw hordes of believers lost among the religious and Christ Jesus rejectors. In other words, a lot of people that were lukewarm, a lot of tares that sat among the wheat in the pews fell among the tares. They became tares. See, a tear can become the wheat, but the wheat can become a tear too. As I looked, I saw where mountains were flattened. Believers were fleeing to the desert to take shelter in caves and rocks. The desolation was so terrible that it seemed that no one would be spared. I'll conclude with this. Coverstone again, 2022. I dreamed that I was standing in a small rural foyer on the, or the area before you walk into a church sanctuary. It was drawn to, I was drawn to a Norman Rockwell painting on the wall. It was Thanksgiving, freedom from want print. It framed in a painted gold surrounded by artificial green ivy, something like that. Give you a second to look at it. It became part of the scene. I became part of the scene. I was sitting at the table as the grandmother brought the turkey. The grandfather was looking out the window behind him and suddenly shut the blinds and gave his wife a strange look. At that, it sounded like gunfire and explosions outside the window. Several little kids started to jump from the table to look outside, but the grandmother screamed, Sit down! There is nothing going on outside. She withdrew herself back to being peaceful. Those at the table knew something was wrong and started to pull up the news on their cell phones. The grandfather yelled, put your phones away. Stay focused on the family gathering. He kept looking back at the window where there was significant noise. The grandmother just smiled, ignoring the noise outside and kept carving the turkey. The grandmother filled the plates of the 10 to 12 people sitting at the table. The grandfather said, hold hands and pray. Three people at the table kept sneaking looks out the window with concern. The grandfather said, focus and ignore outside. Nothing is happening outside. He began to pray. His lips were moving, but there was no sound. Now, I'm going to stop right now and tell you. What we're talking about is the grandfather and the grandmother are telling people not to pay attention to the problems in the world. They represent the church. They represent the pastors in the church. And the children that are wanting to know what's going on are the children of God, but the pastors are telling them, oh, don't pay attention to the Prophecy Club. I've actually had people tell me, pastors from the pulpit, told people, do not follow, do not listen to the Prophecy Club. Do not listen to this end time stuff. That's rubbish. That's scary. That's what it's saying. Now, there's a pretty stinging rebuke at the end of it. When the house would shake, he would sneak a peek outside, but kept his eyes shut. The grandmother kept telling the three who were concerned, keep your eyes shut and be quiet. The noise outside got closer and the house shook a few more times. 
Each time the grandfather would flinch, say, Amen, very loudly and smile. He said, let's eat and pretend it's all good. This is what's going on in your churches right now. I have people coming to our church, and they don't come back. Sometimes they don't even make it to service because it's not blessing them, because it's not telling them wonderful and good things. We've arrived at the time when people not endure a sound doctrine, but they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. People began eating, and after a few bites, their faces twisted, saying the food was not good at all. The grandmother said loudly and exaggeratedly, This food is so good. The three people who had expressed concern earlier looked at each other in disgust, and one spoke up and said, No, 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 this is really bad. Okay, so they recognized the truth. The grandmother stood saying, Don't talk to your pastor that way threw their napkin on the table, grabbed the gravy, and covered all three plates in gravy, saying, Now, that will make it easier to get down. Now, stop complaining. This is what pastors are saying in the churches. They are not letting the people know the truth. The others chewed their... Which, by the way, if you're in that kind of a church, (laughs) you'd find another church. God will show you the church you're supposed to be in. The others chewed their food, but it obviously did not taste good. These people were all pale and weak and malnourished. And I'm going to say most of the Christians in American churches are pale, weak, and malnourished when it comes to the end times. I heard the whistling of a falling bomb overhead. The three concerned people yelled, Everybody get down now! The grandmother covers his face down on the... The grandfather covered his face down on the table with his hands. The bomb hit. The house exploded into fire, smoke, and destruction. As it cleared, the table was still there. The people were all dead and dismembered. The plates of food still sat on the table. The three concerned people crawled out from under the table and sat down. Now, did you catch that? The three people that were concerned, the three people that were seeking the truth, were the only ones that survived the bomb hitting. Then the man I see, means the angel that comes to him, then a man seeing the dreams appeared at the opposite end of the table, and pointed the three people and said, You were wise to listen to the word. That is what spared you from the destruction. Meaning, if you are listening to the end time warnings, ministries like Prophecy Club, if you are listening to that, that is going to help you. It's talking to you. If you were wise, you were wise to listen to the word. That, was, that is what spared you from the destruction. Warn the church to listen and inspect every bite of their food and warn those in the pulpit to stop feeding their people lies. You know, I've been doing this prophecy stuff for 40 years. Memorize the book of Revelation, written four books on Bible prophecy. Would you like to guess how many churches have invited me in to speak? Oh, I can't have you in. You'll offend the people. Yes, I will. If the truth offends them, I will offend them because I'm not coming to play games. I'm not coming to be popular. I'm not coming to tell the people what they want to hear. I'm coming to bring the truth that God is speaking. That's what they can't handle. So in 40 years of doing Bible prophecy, would you like to guess how many churches Leslie and I have been invited to speak in? I don't know the exact number, but I know it's under 10. Now, I know people that have 10 speaking engagements in the next 10 days. God's told me there's going to be a time 
when people call. There's going to be a time when people wish they had listened. They will wish so badly that they had listened. They need to have the guy that can teach Bible prophecy come in and teach their people. And then the pastors need to be on the front row with pens and notepads and learning themselves. So there you go. I am watching and will destroy the poisoned well, and I will remove my light from their pulpit and the life from their eyes. Did you read that? I'll do it again. I'm watching and will destroy the poisoned well. That's talking about the front of the church. And I'll remove my light from their pulpit and the life from their eyes. In other words, he will remove the candlestick. He will remove them as leaders and he will shut down the church. If you think he won't do that, you are sadly mistaken. Go and find fresh water and truth that will feed your souls. The three got up and wiped the debris from themselves and thanked him for sparing them. He simply said, you saved yourself by recognizing the truth was not being spoken. He then looked at me and said, warn the church and keep warning the church to seek the truth until I come. So what do I suggest? I suggest first you need to ask Jesus into your heart. Then you need to start saying, Lord, what do I do to get prepared? And there's lots of ways the Prophecy Club can point you to people to help you get prepared. I'm going to show you something you've never seen or tasted before. I'm doing this impromptu. I just went out to my own bread machine, and I pulled this out. This is a loaf I made Saturday. This is my famous raisin cinnamon vanilla. This new loaf, the, the whole loaf would weigh about three pounds. Of course, I've already eaten about half of it. But I want to show you why you have never tasted this. Each one of these slices, you can see how thick it is. One of these slices is a meal. You eat one of these in the morning, one in the afternoon, and not only are you satisfied, you're, you're really satisfied. You're really happy. Cinnamon, raisin, vanilla, and yes, at josephkitchen.com, you can get the recipe. This is an upgraded recipe that I plan to be putting out here as soon as I get a chance. But if you look close... Those are raisins, cinnamon, and vanilla all whipped together. You put that into a toaster, put a little bit of butter on that, and, well, it doesn't last long at church. Uh, as a matter of fact, they pass by all of the nice donuts and all of the other sweet garbage to get something that's really good for them. Now, what I would suggest you do is start making your own bread, whether you've already got Joseph's Kitchen or whether you haven't, get it. Now, here's what you do. You go to josephskitchen.com. Two things. One, you order a machine package. That's the mechanicals to make it. In other words, the grinder that takes the wheat berries, turns it into flour, which you put into the bread machine with six other ingredients. Push a button. Two hours and 20 minutes later, you have a nice hot loaf of whole wheat bread. It won't look like this because <laughs> this one has raisin cinnamon and, uh, and honey in it. Anyway, extra honey. And the next thing you want to do is decide how much food you want to have. You want to have six people one year, four people one year, two people one year, or just enough for one person. All of that is at the price of around $1,000 per person. Get you some homemade whole wheat bread. Why have you never tasted this? Because the grocery stores 
cannot and will never be able to offer this because in about seven to ten days after you break the wheat berry, it starts going bad. Now, I know that I'm going to have to eat this in the next seven to ten days, but I also know it's probably not going to last more than three or four days. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life, and I can't guarantee this. Uh, I can't say illegally, but uh, let's put it this way. I, I've been taken off of my uh, well, I've been taken off of my high blood pressure pills, and the doctor said that I have low cholesterol now, cut my cholesterol pill in half. And the only thing I can say is over the last year, I started eating whole wheat bread. So there it is, whole wheat bread, josephskitchen.com. Cornerstoneassetmetals.com is where I'll send you if you're thinking about getting gold or silver. I think everybody should have at least a fistful of, full of gold and a fistful of silver because there could be a time when you pull up to get gasoline and they might not want to take your loaf of bread, but you pull out a gold coin or a silver coin and you're probably able to get anything you want, even if the credit cards are down, even if the dollars are worthless. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Next is, I'll send you to empshield.com. If you use the promo word prophecy, you get a $50 discount. What is that? Well, it looks like this. This is the one that goes into a car, okay? And you put the red wire to the red side of the battery. You put the black wire to the black side of the battery. And the green one attaches to the body of the car. Then you peel it off right back here. Just peel that off. Stick it inside of the, 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 the engine compartment of your car. And the whole point is when the electricity goes off or when some kind of a suitcase nuclear nuclear device goes off, this is supposed to be able to stop that device from destroying every computer chip in your car. Because if every computer chip is destroyed in your car these days, you couldn't possibly replace them all. Throw the car away. So, empshield.com, promo code PROPHECY. 